Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I am Moni, and this week, so much is going on in Bravo world, in TV, in pop culture. I barely know where to start, but I also barely have a voice because I was screaming my ass off at a Chris Brown concert, like a true middle schooler that like the 12 year old to 15 to 16 year old to me still needed to feel complete to do. Um, it's not like my first choice of concerts. I'm more of like a major Beyonce beehiver, but so pretty much all my money goes to anything she does. But I just felt like I needed to rectify this situation and finally see Chris Brown close that chapter of my life, the middle school, high school, even elementary school chapter of fanning out for him, loving him, singing all these old songs. And to be honest, it was a great show, overtly sexual and misogynistic, but the dancers were incredible. And the overall set list Half of his set list, the complete half of the concert was memory lane. And he sang random snippets or full songs of hits from like his very first album all the way until like 2012 before he kind of changed his musical style and everything. So it was good. I don't ever need to go again. He also had some pretty great people with him that I also was I'm a fan of as well. So it was kind of like a last minute good investment, good tickets. They were reasonably priced and it was enjoyable. I'm very happy. And I left before anybody else did to get out of traffic on time. And the Uber surge was still astronomical. So that was not great. But that is the reason a very long-winded story why my voice is not fully here. I've been resting it for two days straight just so I could record. Literally, I've not talked to anyone, not talked in class, in meetings, at work, to family, to friends, at all, because it is more important that I have a minimal voice for the people who listen versus whatever it is that people who talk to me have to say. That's not important. This is important. And I'm really glad I did. Do you know why? Because, (laughs) so we'll do Bravo News first, and then we'll do dipping into my DVR. I will not even touch the poly part of hot polytops because every politician is a nutcase right now. I cannot even get into the state of our world, especially not when thinking about the idea of Well, you know what? I'll get a little bit into politics in the sense of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. We are approaching this trailer with glove-covered hands. I did not know what I was going to get. I just knew that I wanted it, and I will be grateful for anything that I got. Jersey is much like New York to me, except a little bit more underdogged, in my opinion. They always deliver. I knew we would get a good season regardless. And I think I was right. I think we're going to get a great season. But I will say, I did not know how much they were going to cover in the trailer of Joe's deportation. It does not seem like a lot. It seems like it's pretty much everything else that happened because they've been filming for a while now. They had a very short break. But also because of the Joe deportation things. 
a lot of people are thinking that maybe he's being harshly treated because of his celebrity. Unfortunately, that is not the case. So in this country of America, there is a lot of reasons for why someone can be deported. We know that deportation is a big conversation right now. Believe it or not, people really can just be deported for almost anything. But some of the things legally from, and I'm getting this from a source, everybody who's been listening knows that I have a strong interest in legality and politics and law, mainly because I am studying to become a lawyer one day. Immigration is one of the things that I wanted to get into one day, but I think it's like incredibly troubling sometimes to, um, and it's an uphill battle and it requires a great deal of sacrifice and bravery that I don't think I have in me. The people who are immigration attorneys, public defenders, all that, more power to you because whew, I worked in a couple law firms and it is stressful. Being in a courtroom almost every day really gave me a lot of sadness and heartache and I could not imagine being in a in immigration courtroom so but some of the things that can get you deported legally from you can look this up yourself I will probably link it in my description um it is from the NOLO website which is basically a law website that cites from lawyers aspects of the constitution amendments laws things like that in which um rulings come from some of the things you can get deported for are uh during smuggling in any other person during your five years of being in the u.s uh marriage fraud which is if you've ever seen like the movie the proposal that was a thing um, basically between Sandra Bullock and, oh my God, who is that? Is that Ryan Reynolds? Oh my God, I don't remember. But you can get deported for basically marrying someone to stay, into the, stay in the country, um, getting married less than two years before getting a green card. You can also, you know, there's a lot of reasons. I'll skip to the ones that kind of <laughs> apply to him. If you are convicted of a crime involving moral turpitude, which basically if you Google moral turpitude, it pretty much means anything that is punishable by a sentence of at least one year. So if a judge gives you a sentence of one year because whatever you did hurt someone else was maybe reasonably, you know, without reasonable doubt, could affect someone, hurt someone, was morally corrupt if you asked any reasonable person, which always gets me how many laws state, like, if you asked a reasonable person, like, who's to say they're reasonable? We all need therapy if you ask me. So moral turpitude, if you do something basically wrong while on a green card or within your date of the admission in the U.S. legally, um, granted, it is he's been here with, with longer than five years, which is the cutoff point for that. But the problem is when you convict when you're convicted of a crime, another bullet point, if you've been convicted of two or more crimes involving moral turpitude at any time after U.S. admission, where the two crimes did not arise out of a single scheme of misconduct. So his the the bankruptcy or the the money problems and tax problems, that's a really tricky one because the country cares very deeply about 
you paying taxes, you giving money appropriately, you declaring how much money you have correctly. They care very deeply about that. But also, do you remember, because I had to remember, do you y'all remember the time where Joe was using like his brother's identities or something like to get a driver's license? You you also can't do that. Uh, yeah, that's like not good. Cannot do that. Um, illegal, um, buying of things. I don't think he did that, but, um, there are lots of reasons on this list. I think he applies to three, like three apply to him for reasons why I will link it. You can decide for yourself. But again, that's the point, right? His lawyers, their job is to argue that he does not fit these qualifications, but then, the other side, the, the 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 nation, basically, the United States, is job is to argue that he does apply to one or however many things of deportable offenses. So in hindsight, he's actually being afforded a lot more ability to argue than a lot of people would, and that's purely because of the amount of lawyers and money that there is being sunk into this. Granted, I don't know where he's getting the money from other than Bravo, but either way, you know, no shade, but also shade. We don't know why. I don't know why. I've seen lots of people actually get deported for a whole lot less, mainly because they did not have adequate representation or know the law. So it looks like his lawyers know enough to be able to get him to have an appeal after appeal, but it's not necessarily working because he still did some pretty fucked up stuff. So that being said... We will see what happens. I do feel extremely bad for his daughters. I love those girls. I think they are so attitude heavy. But, I mean, kids are kids. They'll grow up to be fine. We saw um, Jacqueline's daughter basically be a complete and utter bitch to Jacqueline pretty much since the seasons of Jersey started season one. And I think she's a really decent human being and nice woman now. So, it happens. We'll see what happens with all of that. But I do feel for the daughters. And um, I think that he should be with his kids at the very least without them having to be uprooted. But at the same time, the law is the law. Can't break it. So it happens every day. You know, certain people get allowed certain things other than others. It's not necessarily fair, not necessarily justice. But hopefully that, you know, something works out where he can at least be with his girls. And because I think they need their dad. They made that very clear. He still has some young daughters. And if he can and can afford it and make a good case for himself, you know, he should get that. So that's that. Now onto the trailer. Oh my God. It's great. It's in my stories. It's on my page. I posted it. I am excited about it. Um, the full trailer and like the mini portion that Instagram like lets you post. Um, both of them are going to be in my highlights on my Instagram page, Mixing with Moni. So get into that. It's amazing. Originally, I'm surprised at how little Jackie was kind of featured in it, but she is full-time. Bravo also released the official um, artwork or like the show cover. And she is in it and she's full-time. So I'm happy because people really like Jackie. I like that they did not change this cast at all. I think it really works. And I think it'll be great. I love Jennifer going toe-to-toe with everyone. I actually know people who live in the same neighborhood as her. And apparently her house did take forever to get built. And it is obnoxious and large as she makes it seem um it 
took a lot and was very obnoxious. People were not happy about it in that neighborhood. Um, I would like to know more about that. So if anybody else has some information, would love. But yeah, I'm going to also be talking with Jess from the Real Housewife of the West Side again about the state of Orange County, because I think now we just have a great time chatting about housewife franchises that seasons are bombing. That's my personal opinion. It's also the right one, I believe. OC is not good, guys. Like, it's not. It's People are saying it's good because there's a lot of drama, but it's not real drama. It's contrived. And I'm not referring only to the Gina speculation of, you know, posting whether or not Shannon and Kelly were rehearsing the scene. I will never know. Bronwyn did reach out to, uh, I think, Real Moms of Bravo and some other accounts that it was her that was saying the words, and I'll overreact, quote unquote. I still think it was Shannon. But either way, this doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel genuine. It feels entirely too stressful to watch sometimes. And I think it's because of Tamara and Vicky. That Trace Amiga's bullshit, I'm over it. Tamara is the one that should have been demoted. Not to say Vicky should not have been demoted, but it should have been Tamara first. She is single-handedly ruining a lot of TV for a lot of people. It feels forced and overwhelming. I think that... Kelly is going through a lot, and I think that a lot of the reason why is because Vicky should never be allowed to bully people this way. It's not drama. She's literally taking advantage of the fact that contractually housewives cannot sue each other, and she's using that to her advantage uh, and saying things that are completely inappropriate, disrespectful false and without any evidence like you have evidence of kelly doing coke or having a train that's one thing but also why the why would you like she has a daughter a, a, a young girl who is in school with people whose parents are also at the school and might harass her as they were on instagram who other kids that might harass her like this is not okay if kelly wants to do certain things with her life that's up to her but let that be how she handles it. Do not put it on blast and put it na- nationwide. Vicky is just so irresponsible and I, it seems desperate. Her and Tamara's attempt sometimes to stay on the show. And Shannon is an overreactor. So it's just annoying to watch them. And I will talk to Jess more about it. But I, I can't. The mid-season trailer dropped. I barely watched it. It looked better, but also looked like nothing happens all at once. And a lot of shrieking just takes place. So... I'll keep watching mainly because people have been in my DMs telling me that they only know what happens through a couple podcasts, including mine. So I'll do it for you all, but I will not do it for them. And I've also blocked Tamara because I can't stand her. So um, that being said, I will get into this drama between Bronwyn and Bronwyn's mom, rather, and Heather. I find it interesting. And so basically, here's the story, if you don't know. Heather said on her podcast, which I'm also going to be posting to my highlights, Heather said on her podcast that she was, long story short, because it was long, it was a whole podcast episode. She was, her and Terry were traveling and they were approached by a woman that had on a lot of things like Dr. Deb does. And was basically a woman who was over-enthused about meeting Heather and Terry. And Heather kind of gave a snide remark about how she 
didn't know who she was. Like Heather was like, I don't know who this woman is. And I find out later who it is. My argument is that maybe these two just don't have the personalities to match. It has been brought to my attention by a few Bravo accounts who Dr. Deb, I guess, has responded to about this. But also Bronwyn herself responded to my claim when when I posted about this, she actually responded to me and said that, you know, nothing to the effect that Heather was lying, but like facepalm, Heather has been so nice to me even years before the show, which lets me know that because I've heard OC is very small and Dr. Deb seems to be very involved in her daughter's life for some reasons that I think need therapy um, amongst that family. But overall, I do think that Heather probably did know Bronwyn's mom, Dr. Deb. There's a great chance that she did. It seems like Dr. Deb was always around the family, taking care of the kids and whatnot. And if years before the housewives, Heather was nice to you, that's likely because y'all were around each other because the community is small. And Dr. Deb has said, like, when she takes the kid, or Rowan's kids to karate, apparently, Heather has seen her there. So I guess... I don't get it, but I also think that Dr. Deb is very, very um, uh, determined to ride this fame train with her daughter. Um, I think she sees this as a, a way to access a new audience. And I think she really does enjoy the fame. I think the family does. I think they enjoy the spotlight, which I'm not mad at. I'm not really. I really am not. I am not mad at Bronwyn, her husband, or her kids, or any of them being open in front of the camera. If they're open to the fame, they'll be more open on TV. I think that they'll be more honest and they won't be trying to control their image because they may like the attention, good, bad, or indifferent. And you kind of can't control that many kids. Sorry, they're doing alarm testing in my... <laughs> my building. Um, anyways, I think that they will continue to ride this fame train. I just don't think that Dr. Deb is entitled to it. And I think she feels she's entitled to it because Bronwyn's her daughter. And that seems to be a little, you know, sketchy to me, but at the same time, she's harmless. I don't think that she needed to be met with such disdain, um, from Heather and her family, supposedly, of like, who are you? I just think Heather can tend to be a little pretentious. Tamara did say something right when she got her fancy pants. And I love Heather. I actually think she was a great housewife. I loved her very, very much. I think she was what we sometimes watch housewives for. Aspirational. She's a little bougie, pretentious, a little too much. Like, the right amount of, like, rich hood is what I like to think of. Like, the whole yelling at someone about taking a piece of bow off of your cake and then basically kicking them out subsequently because of that, that is enough <laughs> to run. But that same behavior is obviously what brought us to this moment of who are you with Dr. Deb. And obviously she knew enough about who she was because she talked about it on the show. If she truly was like, oops, I didn't know who she was, I don't think she would have even mentioned it on her show. So I think it was a little uh, déclassé. And it's not her style, but I do think that it was a little bit rude to do that and to so publicly blast this when you are literally talking about someone who's still on TV and you're talking to an audience that you have because of this show that you were on. So that seems a little like, 
hypocritical to me and a little like you're biting the hand that fed you because you're basically like downing the fact that Dr. Deb is so enthusiastic and stuff about the show and you're so past it that you didn't even know who she was. You don't even watch it. But you're friends with the cast, members of the cast you still are friends with. And you still live in the area and you were on the show. So nothing's changed in your life to where you have to act that way. If it were up to me, you'd be back on the show. And we would have Heather, maybe Gina and Emily. No, that's a lie. We would have Heather, Bronwyn, Kelly, Lizzie, Emily, and Gretchen. Oh, that just got me hot and bothered. Like, that was amazing. I would love that. Let me run this by y'all again. And I want, I'm going to do a poll, probably. Or I'm doing a, I'm going to do a question sticker on my stories once this publishes. What your dream cast of OC would be. Because right now, I just, I can't. So, what it would be. I'm going to tell you mine again. Kelly, Dodd, Bronwyn. Um, Shannon in a friend role. I like Shannon. I just don't need to see our dramatics and antics all the time. But I do like her and her kids. I think she'd be great without Tamara and Vicky. So I think it should be Shannon as a friend, Kelly Dodd, Emily Simpson, Lizzie and Gretchen because they're friends with Emily, and Heather Debro and Bronwyn. I think that would be fun. I would challenge someone to tell me that would not be fun. I think we would love to watch that. Are you kidding me? And Kelly and Shannon, no, Shannon has a relationship now. Technically, so does Kelly. I think it would be fun to see them like double date and Kelly be a little inappropriate in front of like Bronwyn and her husband and her Fox News conservative anchor boyfriend, Rick, being a little embarrassed. But it'd be so fun to watch. Like they would be great together. I think Emily, Gina, I mean, Emily, Lizzie and Gretchen are actual friends, so her and Gina don't have to pretend anymore. And I think that would make OC worth watching again. I'll run this same cast by Jess when I talk to her about OC. And that being said, oh, I will say I'm going to make a plug for a show. People should watch Married to Medicine. It is really good if you like Housewives, if you like the Atlanta, the Potomac, and even a little, who's the shadier one? uh, Dallas. It's shady, but Southern, but I love them. I love all black cast. That's just me. I think we need more black representation in the Bravo world. I think that's just what friend groups reflect. I don't think it needs to be as segregated as it has been. Um, And I love Married to Medicine. I like this season in particular. Last season was epic. Um, They're not just housewives. They're not... Three of them are doctors and three of them are married to doctors, but all of them are women. So there's three doctors and then three women who are married to men that are doctors and one who was married to a doctor, but of all different kinds of doctor. So like there's a little bit of doctor shade thrown in there of like, you're not a real doctor because you're a dentist or you're not a real doctor. Your husband's not a real doctor because he's a psychiatrist. But like everybody had to take a CPR class and like learn parts of the body that I don't know. So you're all more qualified to be a doctor than like the average lay person like I am. So who cares? But it is really good. But they also do like 50% the women and like 50% their families, like truly invested in their families and their husbands are full-time with them as well. Like full-time record, full-time in the confessionals, 
They are in present in the scenes. They are part of the storyline. And I love seeing family at the reunion. Not because my favorite part of most reunions of Housewives is when the man comes out, the men come out because of the perspectives that they give. And when they get a little shady and messy, i.e. Potomac, this is a good segue to talk Potomac reunion news. Oh, boy. But that's my plug. Everybody go watch Married to Medicine. It's really good. Only episode like two or three. So you have time to catch up this season. You don't need to know much. It's fine. Just deep dive back in. Okay, Potomac. Let's take a break and then I'll come back and talk Potomac. All right, we are back. Well, I am back. It's just me. And I am talking Potomac. Reunion part two. I think this was a good middle. It doesn't need, we don't need to say much because we are about to get into the real thick of it with Michael coming out in part three. But part two was good. I do think that Ashley is just blind to what's going on and how this is going to make her look. I think that there has to be some kind of arrangement of like, you will not talk about this and help me dispel these rumors. And basically, I won't leave you penniless. Um, because I can't think of any other reason. Call a spade a spade. Where there's smoke, there is fire, girl. We watched him, even if he didn't touch this cameraman's behind, which is what he was legally accused for. Or accused of, I should say. He, we watched him do it to someone else at the first season. So you have a history and a pattern. But then we find out that there's been other camera people or producers that he's done this to. So I don't know if this man was just a whistleblower or he was just speaking for the group or what, but he's randomly touching people without their permission. We do not care if Michael is gay. We do not. We care the fact that he admitted that there was established contact with someone without their permission. He caused it an accident. He was accused of it being something else. Regardless, if it was an accident or not, if there was contact or not, you don't touch people without their permission. If you do, you say, excuse me, which is what Chris has said or seemed to say in the previews of the upcoming episodes. You don't, when you bump into someone, you say, excuse me, or I'm sorry. When we, what we heard was, and I will probably repost this because it's been a while. We need to have a little refresher before Sunday. What we heard the cameraman say basically was don't do that again firmly assertively and you hear Michael kind of cower and say got it okay no seriously don't do that again okay got it that's what we hear so glad that you uh, got it but you should have never done it you need to not get other people's body parts without their permission not when your wife is at a miscarriage party or let me not say that it's a rainbow baby party where they literally just talked in depth about miscarriage not when your wife is there when you're portraying to be so emotional that your wife had a miscarriage that you lost a baby before you had your baby boy not in general it's inappropriate when you have a wife a spouse a partner a a committed person a significant other who is committed to you and you are touching other people. Do not do it. It's disgusting. Okay? That's it. Ashley, I like her so much. 
I can't even say it's because she's younger, she's older than me, and I would not even be blind to this kind of mess. It's okay if you say, my husband might be a creep, but I don't want to leave him and I still love him. I feel like I would respect that. It's a little suspect. I might side eye it, but I would respect it. Do not tell everyone who is looking at a blue sky that the sky is purple. That's not right. Everyone on that couch heard him say he would suck someone's dick. Well, three people said that on the couch. But like, Robin made a good point. Like, what? Why would she need to make this up? What would she gain from that? And if she heard something different than what Chris heard, why wouldn't they just get their story straight if they were lying? Right? Also, what would the cameraman gain with his name and career being public in the county that I'm in? It's, it's out there. What would he gain by lying and trying to take your husband down? What? That didn't even make sense. On this show. No. Mm-mm. See, uh, I have so many problems with this approach. I just think the more she defends it, the worse it gets. So it is what it is. And we'll find out more next episode. Um, it is possible that Ashley doesn't know what's going on. She's not aware. Karen asked that question. She might have had a good question. So maybe that's it. But like, also, I would investigate. I want to understand if you want to turn a blind eye to it. But also just say that. Say, I don't want to know. I don't know what it is. He says he didn't do it. And I choose not to investigate any further. That is also respectable. They won't let you live with that because it's housewives and these Potomac ladies are ruthless. But it is what it is. So... Yeah, girl, we don't care if he's gay or whatever. We don't care if y'all have an arrangement. We don't care if you don't want to know that he's gay. We care that if he's cheating on you or touch people without permission, that is a level of assault that is at least an invasion of privacy, if not assault. It is still wrong. We do not want that. We do not want to be touched by an Australian old white bald man. I don't want that. So I can understand why a cameraman was just trying to do his job and get his coin also does not want that. So... We probably should not do that. Can we agree? Okay, we can agree. I know you guys are agreeing with me, like, secretly or without me being able to know. So hit me up on Instagram if you think you, if you agree. But that's what I feel. And where there's smoke, there is fire. And call a spade a spade. It is what it is. So, and I keep saying that because it is that. So moving on, I get a little bit into Below Deck today. Um, below Deck. It's good. I do think Sandy goes exceptionally hard on Hannah. And I don't really understand why. Um, I think she should ease up a little bit. But then she also made a good point that Hannah only works when she's being yelled at. And we kind of saw that with this last charter. Um, But she doesn't match that energy always with Joao. She kind of apologized for going so hard on him. But on Hannah, she practically wants her fired next episode. So I think that we just see the same thing as last season. And maybe she just doesn't like Hannah. I think that her work ethic as a woman is probably not that great. And she reached milestones as a woman. So she wants you to do the same thing. And I don't know. But it just seems like she doesn't really dig her. We will never know because Bravo irresponsibly decided not to have a reunion. At least Skype them all in. I had questions. Anyways, um, sorry to um so much. I do think that no one complains about Hannah but the people on the boat. So that makes me a little annoyed because the charter guests seem to be pleased with Hannah and her, like, staff's doing. Food, eh, 
weather, maybe rocky boat, you know, that's something else. But like, they never seem to be like, oh, this table setting is awful. They actually encourage, like compliment it all the time. And maybe they wait a little bit longer for a drink or something. But like, I don't see them complain and be like, you guys were terrible. I wish you were more on us. So I don't really get Joao's and Ben and Sandy's like beef with her. I've sensed a little bit of like a boys club vibe there, even with Sandy. And it's a little strange and annoying, but like, I don't think that it's that serious. I think Ben is just entirely high strung. Joao is really just an asshole with a good heart, like a decent personality. And Sandy just sees something in projects with men. I think she likes them, like, she, even though she doesn't like men, she is, she seems to just be like, she attracts men with some kind of a complex and wants to fix them, help them, put them on their way, let them be a good guy, whatever she can do to help, which is why she wants to take Travis under her wing with him being an alcoholic. Joao, she wants him to learn how to, like, run the boat. She didn't want Colin to leave because she needed him on there. I just think that she likes to be a deposit in people's lives, um, in a not hero complexy way, but just like in a weird way. Like, I like her. I l- dig a female captain. We should do that. I mean, I do love Captain Lee, but that's just because of his personality. But I think we need Sandy. I just don't think she needs Hannah. So we need to find a different chief still. Because also Hannah wasn't doing much for me plot wise this season anyway. So, and neither was Anastasia, but that's here nor there because she's just not a good worker at all. Um, that being said, Hannah may only respond to criticism, but that means that she's not a self-starter. So I don't understand how she can be Chief Stew. Um, I will say also, I don't think we needed the table for brunch and the toys done before 10 o'clock at like 830 in the morning. I think Hannah could at least slept until 839. Like, if she's a pro and they can do this, it's not that hard to set a table in case. And But Sandy was right. There was no place inviting. But, like, then maybe have the girls do something inviting the night before in case they want to sit down and have coffee. And then say, if they are there having coffee before brunch at 1030, I, would, I do need to start setting the table. Do you mind if I work around you? Because if they start touching stuff on the table before brunch, it will delay the brunch. So... You can't tell them, no, don't touch that. So it doesn't really make sense to have all that stuff out when they are going to have brunch and do stuff later. The toys are different. It takes time to set all those things up and turn them on, it looks like. Put them in the water. But I'll do a poll and see whose side everyone's on, Sandy's or Hannah's. I'm a little bit on Hannah's side, but more so like on the side of Sandy. It just seems to go after her. And it didn't seem to be fair. I think she was just annoyed that Hannah wasn't the first one up because she is the boss. So she should have been the one who was up. And I will say, Hannah is spreading herself a little thin, it seems, because she wants her staff to like her so much. And Ben is always talking about the love fest that she's basically cutting them so much slack and picking up all that slack herself and not sleeping and not taking breaks, but they are because she wants them to have 10 hours on the boat, like to chill, which why they're working. The guests got to sleep at some point, let them sleep at the same time. But like, you don't need more than like eight hours of sleep anyway. So it doesn't really make sense to me, but I think that she is spreading herself thin. I think Sandy wants her to take charge as the boss more and not fight her on it and just hold the girls accountable, even if they're your friends. Just hold them accountable. Let them know that there is still a hierarchy. You just like the people you work with. And that's fine. But also, Ben, calm down. People can have fun at work. It's real. It's fine. Relax. 
Um, so yeah, that's it. Below Deck, doing well. I like it. I We are about to approach the season finale. And I think it looks good and we'll have a good time. I hope no one gets hurt this season of Below Deck. Um, it wasn't this one that I think someone got hurt. I think it was the regular Below Deck. Yes. But in general, I hope no one gets hurt and they get a big fat tip. So that's it for Below Deck and for Bravo News and like the other Bravo recap. I will be back. I will be back. Let me enunciate with... Jess from the Real Housewife of the West Side podcast discussing OC and Real Housewives of Dallas. Largely more that because I just have nothing else to say about OC. I'm so I'm just going to let her talk about it. But um, we will be back with that. All right. So in three, two, one. All right, y'all, as promised, we are back with Jess from The Real Housewife of the West Side. This is probably going to become a tradition of where Jess comes on and we talk about seasons that have really high expectations and may or may not be delivering. Um, (laughs) uh, We are going to basically do the same thing as we did with Beverly Hills from a few episodes ago that was actually really well received and people loved that one about everything that we broke down that was going wrong with Beverly Hills. But we're going to (laughs) talk... OC, the vet series, the very first housewife series, and figure out what is going right and what's going wrong. Um, And Jess living in California, she has a a much different take on a lot of these things. That's why I love talking to her from the West Coast experience of a lot of these, you know, major arguments and plot lines that seem to have a lot to do with, like, logistics and directions. Um, (laughs) And then we're going to talk newest housewife series with Dallas and see how they're performing kind of compare the two on like can OG franchises really stand as long as they've been standing or are they a thing of the past and we just need to move on to new cities and new people and new women we're going to get into all of that Jess thank you so so much for coming on how are you Thank you so much for having me. I am doing doing well as Amy Phillips says. I'm loving life in Los Angeles. Um, I it's actually it actually rained here today, which was very exciting for me. Oh. So, <laughs> that's the highlight about the of West my Coast. life. <laughs> I know, I know. It rained now it's like sunny and perfect, but earlier after I got out of Pilates, it it rained for a good like 20 minutes and it was drama. Everyone that's was freaking amazing. out. Amazing. I'm sure they were like, what? the fuck is this <laughs> uh, it, people literally there's been like storm it's, it's ridiculous that's crazy oh my gosh so guys in case you haven't figured it out jess is on the west coast she lives in california la right i do yes i live on the west side of la which is and thus hence the, the name of my podcast titular, yeah podcast <laughs> and instagram account of the real housewife of the west side if you have not checked it out you must. She has so much inside scoop that she shares on her podcast, on her Patreon, things about like Dorit's house. I had so many questions about that. So listening to that episode <laughs> really changed my life because I was literally doing outcries to people on my Instagram. Like, what? what is going on with this? Like, is this a steal? Is this a downsize? What is this? This price seems insane to the rest of the country, but to most people who might know this about them or watch Beverly Hills, that is definitely a downside. So what's happening? She had all the answers. She has so many answers about so many things. It's 
literally one of the best subscriptions you will make other than to my own. So you oh, well, guys thank must you. Tune in. I, yeah, the pressure's course. on. Jeez. I know that like. weeks of there's like this week on my Patreon, I really have no intel whatsoever. And so I always am like, Jesus, what am I going to put on the Patreon? Because there's like nothing. But when you do, it's so worth it. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we had to have her come back on, especially talking about West Coast, because I feel like I need an expert, because I can only be an expert on so many things. I've only lived in Potomac and Dallas. So those only things that I'm experts on. And sometimes it helps give like a perspective of people who understand some the environments around the kind of women that are in different areas, what that means, because Beverly Hills women are totally different than the OC ladies. Like, they're very, very different. Like, yes. Drastically 100%. different. Yeah, and drastically different. Have you ever been to Orange County? I have been. I have been to Orange County many times. Um, it is it is much, much different than up here. I mean, I, I've only been to Dallas a couple times, but um, there was a point in my childhood where I, my dad traveled a lot for work, and there was, like, a brief point where – we, we, there was a possibility we would have to move there. And my dad took me to Dallas one year with him, like on a business trip. And I forgot my swimsuit for the hotel. And so he took me to, I think it was like Neiman's or Nordstrom at the, that big mall in Dallas that has a skating rink in the middle. Oh yeah. I think it's the Galleria. Yeah. I think that, yeah. And I remember we went, it must have been, is there a Neiman's there? I think that's where we went. Uh, and yes. this, this, he told, you know, whoever was working there, like, oh, she needs a swimsuit. I think it, I was nine or 10. And the sales girl comes up and she was like, is this for a pageant? And I was like, that my dad, tracks. My dad was like, <laughs> no, it's to swim. <laughs> like, oh my so God. So that, that is my basis for Dallas. But Orange County actually is kind of similar to Dallas, just in that it's very suburban and everything I feel like is like in a strip mall. And I, but it's a, it's just a very different environment than LA. People are a lot more conservative down there. It's, that um, also makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's just, well, and it's a lot cheaper to live down there than it is up here. So also, you know, I was laughing because I don't know if you know Megan from Bravo Happy Hour we do a show together once a month and we were just talking about vintage episodes of OC and yes, like back to the first good season, the good old days uh, when Gina Keogh is like, so every house in Coda is around a million dollars. And Oh God. <laughs> which is in Coda has everything. There's like townhomes there. There's condos there. There's of course like palatial mansions, but you can get a nice house down there for like one and a half million dollars. Whereas up here, yeah. $2 million gets you like a fixer upper. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny because where I am in the DMV, it's not much different. And I think that's what really shocked people when they first started watching like Housewives of Potomac. They were like, where is that? What is the city? Why does it even have a show? And then they started watching and you see like fixer uppers be listed for like 1.7 and be sold for like 995 because of serious bargaining. And they're like, excuse me, what? That house is a dump. It's one level. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, so when I was originally watching OC, when they, when I have been rewatching a lot of seasons, I've rewatched Jersey and OC from the beginning over the last few months. Oh, and it has been a ride. Oh, <laughs> I I'm sure. That just sounds else. like a delight. It yeah. I, I started amazing. back. 
I started back because um, we just there was a big change happened in my house. This was a pretty big event for both my husband and I, and it's really affected our lives. We canceled our Time Warner cable and got just yeah, we did it. We finally did it. You cut and, the cord. Um, we cut the cord, and yeah, we got the Hulu, like all the shits. You don't have commercials, and it has like the DVR, whatever. The Which, live, of course, after I, yeah, the live TV, but then it makes you upgrade to get, like, Lifetime Movie Network, not just Lifetime. And then once you add in all the add-ins, it only ends up being, like, $40 cheaper a month. But still, I was, I mean, it's you know, 40 extra dollars. It is. It That's is. That's a adds happy up. hour. It's, right, right. It's one or more happy it's hour like, a month. Yeah, or here it's, like, one glass of wine and a tip. But um, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's but anyways, point being, I went back and started watching first, second, and I'm now in third season of OC. And I was like, it does. It makes you so nostalgic. And you're like, this is what I want. It's and so much better. And I feel like that's even so the much best better. way to kind of, I think that's why I've been so critical of OC recently is because, and anybody who's been listening, I have, I put myself on a ban of talking about Tamara. I just... Something in her gets me going so intensely that I won't stop. So I have to stop myself before I even go down that hole. I just think that the exploitation of her family for television, it really stresses me out. I think she's a beyond a pot, sir. I really think she gets the people going. Like, unlike anything we've ever seen. Like, you can't even discuss this episode or the last two episodes without talking about Tamara being a pot, sir. Because literally... She tells Shannon, Kelly hit you in the head really hard, right? Wasn't it really hard? Like, (laughs) and it really, it just got me going. So I feel like the reason I've been so critical is because I've been watching older seasons of OC where it was genuinely just a train wreck that you could not look away from. Everything, you loved it, you hated it, you laughed, Mm -hmm. you were angry. It was so many things that Housewife used to be. That I feel like yeah. sometimes with certain franchises we've gotten away from the aspirational of I really want a house like that one day. Oh my God, this right. is so rich. I can never have this. You want to dream about it. You want to look at it and be like, oh my God, this is so opulent. And then the drama about fights that we would never get into real fights about because these things don't matter right. to regular people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Well, and it was more organic too. So organic. And they were friends. Like well, they right, they were each all... other. Yes, they actually had, like, legit connections. I think the only – because, yeah, I just got done watching the first and second season, too. And I I think the only relationship or connection, whatever you want to call it, that was not super, super organic, maybe, was, like, with Joe and the other girls. But they at least explained the introduction, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, she was saying – she's like, oh, Slade says that I need to meet, you know, more girls that live around the neighborhood and – she went and met Kimberly and they had tennis lessons together, whatever. So at least it was, I think, as organic as it could be because right. there was, like, a purpose behind it. Whereas someone that comes in, like, Bronwyn, like, do we really believe that, okay, she and Kelly very may well both go to the Balboa Bay Club. But do we really believe that she and Kelly are, like, playing tennis together, hanging out. And Kelly's like, hey, you should come be my other friend. Like, no. Right. And I think that's the little bit of cheekiness that sometimes I think Bravo needs to, like, let the fourth wall down a little bit for. Because Mm -hmm. we've seen it work when they do a good balance. I always, like, compare a lot of things to Potomac just because I've been 
able to see a lot how that recording works, just being around the area and some of the events and stuff. They do a, mm-hmm. a lot of breaking the fourth wall in Potomac, and I think it works. Like, it's not, it doesn't cheapen the experience, but it also doesn't bullshit the audience. And I, right. Bronwyn has been vocal and public about how she was an actual fan of the show that got yep. auditioned and casted. So yeah. we know that as an audience. So then you going on TV and then it being like, oh, I need, I met this one girl and now she's going to introduce me to everybody else. And I'm, I need to, I want you to meet these right. friends I've been hanging out with. Like, right. no, don't, girl, no, tell your mom, right. I want you to meet the rest of the group. Like you can say right. that. Right. It right. doesn't make it sound yeah. any less authentic. It is the group that you are now being paid to hang out with right. because it makes right. it seem ridiculous. We know you all don't hang out outside of the season. Well, not together course. as a group, like maybe right, Shannon right. and Tamara or Shannon and Vicky, I mean, Tamara and Vicky, but not like all of them, you know? Right, right. And I even forgot, like, I kind of actually forgot until um, maybe last week. And then, you know how usually before a new episode comes on, they'll play like the last three episodes or whatever. And the episode, the first episode of the season was on. And I was like, oh, yeah, Kelly was the one that was like the link to whatever. But then if you look at every other episode this season, like Kelly and Bronwyn aren't hanging out at all. Right, because they were never friends. Literally, right, she just right, posted right. the other day. And I wonder how much of this Bronwyn supposed. I mean, I love her because she tells me so much tea about the show. And sometimes she's like, I think I might get in trouble for this. And I think I love that. I think that's why people like her. Because off the yeah. show, she is approachable. And she doesn't seem caught up in this as like as if it's real life. I think she understands right, like right. she's she enjoying the ride. Right. Yeah. But she's not apologizing for enjoying the fame and enjoying the ride. And I think something about that makes her likable. Something about the fact that she's not trying to say, I don't want to be famous. I didn't want to be a housewife. The opportunity just came to me. I was friends with these women. Right. She's not one of those women who are going to be at the reunion who I hate when they all do this. I'm sure you'll agree. Where at the reunion, Andy will ask, well, have you ever seen the show? I mean, I've seen it right. in passing or not right. really, but I've really heard of it. The show. I, yeah, exactly. I call bullshit. You would not join a show that you do not know about. You don't go on and ruin your reputation as a person unless you know what you're doing. You don't go to a job you didn't Google. (laughs) That's a good point. But yeah, also, especially with OC, I think you like, there's no way to lie about that because it's been on for over a decade. And it's like, you you literally have to be living in a hole. And it seems like OC is small enough to where they all might actually like at least know of each other in a weird way like they might be in passing especially if they get into the same stuff or maybe I'm just getting that vibe from Bronwyn because of this most recent like scandal with her and her mom and Heather oh, DeBro. fucking Dr. So, Deb but yeah well, She's that's something that's weird. About, I, I can't with Dr. Deb I was just talking this about, talking about this with a friend at lunch yesterday and she was so funny because she was like I don't know how to tell you this Jessica she was like Dr. Deb hardcore triggers me. <laughs> I no, like, but I actually, hear you. I hear she, you. Everything about what she puts off doesn't add up to her personality. Yeah. Like who she is, I feel like if we strip all that away, I don't think the message would be the same. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I get in, a lot it, of hostility from someone who's yes. supposed to be so free and clear. And I get a lot of... um entitlement like I feel this vibe of she feels Mm -hmm. entitled to this life of fame that her daughter was afforded and this opportunity that her daughter was afforded and as if like because her daughter got it she had like we've never 
seen a housewife tell their mom at dinner, you need to meet these ladies that I'm hanging out with. Yeah, and that have was a fucking weird. Filmed around her mom where she gives them crystals. Yeah, that was... That was fucking weird. Even with, I mean, I know we're going to get into it later, but even with Dallas and, like, you know, meeting uh, Mama D, that to me was more organic because it was like, okay, well, Cameron's mother-in-law and, you know, that all. Right. They're like matriarchs of their family, like these big Dallas families. Right. But Dr. Deb, like, had anyone ever heard of, I want to know if one person has ever heard of that fucking band that she was in. Like, what? what? Googled. Could not find it. Nowhere. (laughs) <laughs> didn't I think Bronwyn did that to literally throw her mama bone? And I get a little, a, a lot of dutiful daughterness from Bronwyn. I get a lot of that yes. vibe of wanting her mom's mm-hmm. opinion, wanting her mom to be impressed with her, wanting her mom to love her and respect mm-hmm. her as a mother, and finally kind of show up in her life. And I think that she right. might get this, you know, sense of responsibility of if I am famous or if I go on this show I can finally give my mom that fame that she always wanted and maybe she'll show up for me since I didn't yeah. have her for a lot of my childhood and that's I think actually that's a really sad. good point I just I it, is really it doesn't sad. make sense to me that a doctor a clinical doctor right and you can well, correct me if I, I'm wrong or being judgy but a, a real doctor <laughs> who went to actual medical school I, I feel like there is a psychiatry or something course that might be taught in medical school that would let you know you don't cut your daughter off at the knees when she tells you about her experience as a child. Not how you were as a mother, but how she received right. you as a child. You don't say that's not what happened. That's not, you can't well, do that. I, I will say, I listen, I know she was a medical doctor, correct? Yes. Okay, so she didn't have a PhD. She was like a med- like a practicing physician. Right. I mean, I know that I I know an oddly amount of I, I I know a lot of medicinal shit, and I won't get into why, but it's kind of freakish. But anyway, I think that listen, if you're let's say she's a general practitioner, like an internist, right? I'm sure that yes, she had to do like a psychiatry round, but I think like it's. I think it's the same thing. It's like, okay, every MD has to do like, you know, a couple units of like gynecology, but would you go to them like for your pap smear? No, you'd go to a gynecologist. Yeah, very true. You know what I mean? And then the other thing is I've met a lot of doctors that they're fucking whack jobs because <laughs> a lot of them have like these God complexes. Yes. The ego it, necklace. Mm-hmm. Oh my, well, hello. Girl, what are we doing? Yes. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And that's the other thing. Even a lot of, like, I've been to some therapists who, whether they have a PhD or not, or they're just, like, you know, a licensed social worker or what have you, like, there are some people that go into it, you know, to solve their own shit, and they're just as fucked up as you are. So Yeah, very true. That's kind of what I... She is still human. Yeah. And, And I'm also kind of... The other thing that just is kind of a red flag for me, and I actually should go and investigate this with, like, the California Board of Medicine, but I want to know, one, exactly what was her specialty, if she did have one. Number two, how long did she actually practice for? Where did she practice? And she also seems to have a lot of, like, resentment about the fact that she was a physician because I feel like she brings it up a lot, 
like, oh, well, I was a physician, but now I'm not a natural healer. And her whole, like, you know, Betsy Johnson character thing, like, it just feels so over the top that I'm like, it feels a little contrived. Yes. I'm like, what is your deal with being a medical doctor versus like a natural man speak? It really makes me nauseous. Like, aren't you supposed to, like, leave that there? Like, isn't that the point? Like, it's supposed to be, like, sacred, and you leave it there. She, like, comes home and, like, perpetuates it in Instagram dialogues, but d- uses it to also, like, shit on other people. And it's a little Right, it's a strange. little cult It's, like, yeah. a culty to me. Like, I feel like, I think I talked about this, I don't know, maybe on my podcast before, but uh, there was a girl that I used to be friends with who worked for this plastic surgeon, and he went to Burning Man every year, and they call them burners, and so we always called him Dr. Burner, and he was very, very, like, hippy-dippy, but then he also ran this, he's in private practice, he's a plastic surgeon, and so we were always like, this is so weird. Cause he, like he lived in Laurel Canyon. His house was like way, way up in Laurel Canyon, like totally hippy dippy. And, but then he, if you go to like his uh, website for his practice, he's like dressed in scrubs and, you know, does like boob jobs and lip injections all day. It's just, very, I don't know. I think there's, there's some wackos out there. I'll just leave. No, I will. I will honestly. <laughs> and I, you know what? I will even compare to those because a lot of people who do watch uh, who listen also watch Housewives of Potomac and one of the girls moms on there her mom is a psychologist as well in Atlanta and built a very 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 good practice millions and millions of dollars and she is by far the most dangerous kind of mother there ever was she is completely invalidating she is very demeaning she is mean (laughs) like she is intense And she has literally, like, said, I am here for the fame. And if my daughter's going to get famous, she's the least deserving person. So I want it. And I was like, well, oh, there you wow. Go. So, there yeah, you you're go. right. I mean, it's like we're all – they're still human. So I will take her with a grain of salt because I do genuinely like Bronwyn. I just want more for her. And I feel like her family right, right. is good by itself. I'd rather see more of her home life than her mom. Like, yeah, having seven would... kids, the way she runs that house, I would like to know more. I feel like that is, what is, what are we doing? How does that work? I want to know details, why you had all the kids. I want to know that. And I feel like a lot of it is, I'm Bronwyn, and here's my mom. Yeah, I feel like they, and, and listen, I mean, it could have been editing, too. They could have shot, you know, 20 hours of her being Very a good mom point. and not used that. But I'm kind of... I don't know. See, I'm a little hesitant to get into too much of the home life with Bronwyn. Bronwyn. Now I'm Vicky. I'm calling her like Bronwyn or whatever the fuck she called Mm -hmm. it. Um, Because one, I I don't want to see like her little kid scenes. I don't want to see her changing diapers. Like I don't care. And then the other thing that I do like Bronwyn. I think she is really fitting in very seamlessly. And I think she's... She seems very OC. Yeah, she seems very (laughs) OC. My only... uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, critique, or I guess, of her is that it 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 worried me a little bit, and we haven't really heard much about it since then. So maybe it's fine. But the first couple episodes when she had her daughter on and they like met for her fashion line, or whatever, it just felt a little exploitive to me. And it, the being that you know she was talking about, oh, my daughter struggled with OCD and uh, you know compulsion, and you know. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some eating disorder behaviors. Obviously, it triggered me because of my own eating stuff. 
But I wanted to say to her, like, listen, if these are her issues, putting her on TV is probably just going to exacerbate it. So that was the only thing that I was like, oh, God, please don't be like, I'm trying to think of a housewife who made their kid into a fucking Rena. thing. But, uh, see, I, I don't know. I, I kind of have to. I would say I prefer the way Bronwyn did it over Rena. I think because of my age and also just because of, I think I went down the exact same path as Bronwyn's daughter for the exact same reason. Like I was, I also did competitive dance. I also suffered from the same kinds of thoughts, and mm-hmm. um, and I did. I did not have OCD at the time, but I did. I was very obsessed with my weight, with how I was eating, what I was eating. It went left very quickly. Um, yeah, and I so I related to that just simply because I was constantly around other girls who I was literally competing with that were skinnier you know, better sized or whatever, like their body mass and that they were taller than me, leaner than me, better dancers because of it, like all that stuff. And literally skin and bones at that age, when you were in the dance world is kind of praised. It's not alarming at all when you can see the rib cage of a girl when she does, you know, a double axle or double attitude or something like it's totally fine. (laughs) No one is alarmed. Oh yeah. I I, I felt that. Yeah. But didn't it, didn't it, it didn't trigger you at all? I think it did trigger a little bit because of the memories. It did make so I, I I do see what you're saying because I applauded her for being honest, but I and I do feel like she did skate around some details probably on purpose to protect right. her daughter a little bit, which I also applaud. Um, I do remember it made me feel a little emotional. I did have to pause, so I do see what you're saying because I did get and it's been years for me, like at least ten, so. It was a little bit like, oh, wow, this is bringing up. But I, I just thought that was because it was so relatable. But then also maybe that. I think that her goal was just to be like, I was the stage mom. I was this dance mom. And we see what that looks like with the popular show Dance Moms, where we're pushing our mm-hmm. kids to be famous and the best and win and all that. And she was like, I took a step back because it was hurting my child. And I think that she would have made it to reunion and Andy would have probably asked, what was it that made you want to take a step back? And mm-hmm. instead of like, I guess, breaking down then, although we would have gotten a lot less of the information. Um, so she right. wouldn't have had to exploit as much. She probably was like, let me just go ahead and be open. And also, here's my daughter's dance line. She's doing great. <laughs> Which I'm not mad Right, at. right. Promote the daughter's yeah. dance, sure. Yeah, I guess. And even now that you're saying it, I, because I too was in competitive dance and figure skating, but I, I guess that, and this is now I'm even realizing this, like, hello, Oprah moment here. I, I think the reason why I had such a visceral reaction to it was my growing up, I was always like, I, I'm just like my dad. I'm taller. I have a bigger stature. I never, looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, you idiot. You were not fat. But I yes. felt that way. Now I'm actually bigger than I was then. And I was like, yep. what was exactly. I thinking? Like, what I look at pictures like, what you? was I thinking? <laughs> Right. If I right? could just but, be that size today, I'd be happy as a client. Right. So. Oh my god. I know. But my mother was always very naturally thin and petite, and my sister was, and so my mother very much not forced me to do dance and skating, but kind of yeah, forced me. And she was the one always telling me like, no, you can't eat that because you will get fat, then you won't be able to do dance, then you won't be able to do this, and blah 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 blah. So I guess now that I'm thinking about it, when yeah. when um, Bronwyn was talking about, like, 
I guess that was the trigger for me was that she was talking about what her her daughter was going through. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, no, I, that's your story. But like, why can't she say her story? I guess. Right. If that I makes get, any sense. I get, yeah, I totally get that. But I will say I applaud her a little bit because I'm realizing now she chose the business she chose to promote so early on. Cause you know, every new housewife has something. Right. It's right. her daughter's. And I've been following Bronwyn for a while. She has like two businesses on her own, like her yeah. own name, her own blog, her own line or something or another, her own website. And she's not promoting that. And I find that interesting and a little, like, I commend that. I, I think Yeah, I was wondering that special. too. Is she, still, is she still doing her blog? She is. She had a new post oh, up like okay. uh, Monday. Okay. So okay. she's doing something. <laughs> and I just, But I found that really sweet because she promotes her daughter almost as much as she does anything else. And I, I mean, but we've seen that before, like moms and wives who, whose whole life is their kids. But one thing I like right. about Bronwyn is that even though her whole life is her family, she does stand on her own as a housewife. Like she contributes an, yeah. as much to the scene without her family as she does with her family. Right. Right. Well, how which I find feel, a little special. <laughs> how did you feel during when they were at Miraval and she just kind of, and I don't think this is good or bad. I'm just, it's just an observation. When she, I mean, during, you know, all of the, let's just call them altercations, she just kind of like sat back and, I mean, what did you think about that? I thought it was actually okay. My main reason is because I feel like she studied the show enough to know that if she jumped in too quick to one side or the other, people mm-hmm. probably would have had a visceral reaction to that. They would have been like, you don't know enough. You may have seen the show, but you're a viewer. You don't know these women. Right, right, And the women would have done the same thing. All we would have heard Tamara say is, well, you haven't been here. You don't know. So I think she was observing. (laughs) Exactly what she would say. Exactly what she would say. say. And she would have said, oh, shut up, Bronwyn. You don't know anything. You've not been here. And Vicky would have done the same and worse. Like, cursed her out at the same time. And Kelly, if it was against Kelly, she would have been like, oh, shut up, Bronwyn. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. You just got here. So I think she was just looking and observing and seeing the dynamics change because how she came in and who she came in with. Because her first episode was with Kelly and Shannon. And now that's dividing. So I think she was just trying to be careful and (laughs) which way do you go? So I think that it was smart. I think we know now because Kelly is so loose lipped with everything these days that they, she, I chose a side. We've seen her take a lot of IG stories and stuff with Shannon and Tamara. And the other day, Vicky, I mean, um, Kelly was with, um, what's her name? Emily doing the after Mm -hmm. show. And what I find really strange and adds to my point about Dr. Deb, Dr. Deb was there with Kelly and um, Emily. And Literally, Kelly puts it up on her story. She was helping them get ready. I don't even know. She, I think she was on the after show with them, which I find even weirder. And she yeah. goes, um, Dr. Deb here and Emily, they've got my back. And she's like, yeah. And Dr. Deb goes, I got your back, girl. She goes, yeah, tell your fucking daughter to have my back. And Emily goes, oh, burn. Ooh. Like, All right. This is a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. I, I was not pleased. I find it better that Brahman did not react because I needed to see that fight play out for it what it was um yeah I was not I mean I, I hesitate to even get into the big question so we'll go small first the fight between <laughs> Janina and Emily what 
oh. did you think? Whose side are we on? Because I have thoughts, and none of it has to do with the fact that, quote-unquote, Gina is young. I, Because she's older than me, so I don't think that, that is an excuse, because I don't act like this. So I, Yeah, yeah. Well, Gina is, I think, younger than me, um, which makes me feel fucking old, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, you know... Okay, in terms of Gina versus Emily, honestly, I I think the whole root or the whole crux of the issue is, you know, last year it was Emily and Gina kind of versus everybody else. Well, now for some reason, I was even thinking this when I was watching them, like why is Shannon so – Shannon is like just loves Gina all of a sudden. Um, right, I mean, I and, em- and Gina kept throwing her. that in Emily's face. Right, right. And I think that, well, actually, someone told me that, you know, there's most likely, allegedly, a lot more that probably went on with Matt and Gina than most people are aware of. And I think, one, she probably didn't tell that to Emily. So I think, and this is like a fourth wall type of thing, I think Emily, one of the reasons that she's upset is because she's feels like, oh, well, why didn't you confide in me? Why didn't you trust me enough to tell me that? Or I have to find out from, you know, neighbors or other people that all this shit happened. Right. I think that's one of the things. I think the other thing is she starts hanging out with um, Shannon and getting close with Shannon. And she sees, you know, even like on the shopping trip, like, oh, there she's, um, so she, oh, she's buying Shannon clothes. And she's kind of, Shannon's taken her like under her wing. And I'm sure that, you know, because they were BFFs last season, Emily's like, well, what the fuck? Like, you, it, I'm just guessing that maybe Emily feels like she's kind of being thrown under the bus a little bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I do. And unfairly and, so. Like, Gina is throwing it in her face to get yeah, that's not a other thing. I she don't. She wants to leverage that friendship. I think she wants to leverage Emily to care more but she's doing it with people who didn't even care about her at all. Well, right. And I think Emily's right um, point is she's like, you know, Shannon is not your genuine friend. This is, you know, whatever. But Emily's just, or sorry, Gina's just so caught up in it. And I get it because I feel like Gina is in such a vulnerable place because, um, you know, just everything that's going on. And I think that she's just, you know, so emotional right now. And then, but the one thing I will say is when Gina, I do not think it was fair that Gina, um, that Gina kind of went off on Emily and she was like, how could you suggest that I should come to Vegas with it? I was like, I don't think that's what Emily was trying to say. Yeah. And honestly, and and Emily had a great point. How could you be so worried about your image, but you're drinking on TV. So if you're concerned right, about the I, drinking I agree with thing, that too. it would have been easier too. and better for her to go to Vegas and be shown not drinking. Like I can control myself in an environment that was a one-off. I'm in a party city. Everyone else is partying and I'm sober. Not we're going to a wellness retreat and I'm getting trashed t- by tequila in the back of a van. That right, is like right. the opposite of appropriate timing. Yeah. It would have been yeah. a bigger statement. Like, I can't go to Vegas. The environment is not what sets the tone for people's view of you it's your actions in that environment that sets the tone you went to like a mom wine night and got (laughs) trashed drinking wine and then drove that is right right not the mom wine night moms have wine. that's a thing exactly exactly it's how (laughs) you handle the situation and i think the other reason why 
people are, I don't want to say anti-Gina because I don't think it's that. I think the reason why people maybe aren't having as much, and by people, I mean both people on the show and like fans maybe yes. aren't having as much sympathy for Gina is because, okay, it's not 1989. It's 2019. There's Uber. There's Lyft. Yeah, like, she's making such a big deal. I have to Uber everywhere. I'm like, girl, it's California. Y'all don't have Uber. What are you talking about? Everyone has Uber. And also, I get that like in the suburbs, it's a little, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I've never Ubered in Orange County, so, but I assume it's like the same as it is up here. But I feel like she's not really, now I'm going to sound like Teddy, but I feel like she's not really taking accountability for her actions. Like, I know she said, okay, I made a stupid she keeps mistake. She's saying but... she's keeping accountability because she has to. Her lawyer said, go on this show well, exactly, and take accountability exactly. every time you can. Anytime someone brings it up, say, I did wrong. Apologize every five right, minutes. Right. But, but that's think, just lawyer led. I think that. I get why the other girls are like, dude, you're an idiot. You have the Uber app on your phone. Like, why is... You never should have even like, had... Just leave your car. Well, it, yeah, it like, if you know that you Exactly. It's like, if you know that you are... Go, my husband doesn't really drink, but, like, if we're going to a party and he knows he's going to drink, then we'll Uber. It's, it's like, you, you're an adult. You can have that forethought right. to, you know, make those decisions. And like, Did you never also, go to college? Right. <laughs> You're supposed to what? always find, like, a different, you know, way home. Find someone to help you get home, a sober person, something. Because you know you're going to probably indulge a little more than you would at home or by yourself. Right. Especially, right. and if you drove and you end up getting there and you drink more than, like, maybe a half class or a class, then you automatically, it should just be a one-off. I need to Uber home. Right. Can someone take me? Can I pick up my car tomorrow? Is it okay if I leave it here? Like, something. Yeah. Yeah, and I get that it was, you know, just, like, a small little blip, and it was a dumb decision. I totally get that, and, yes, people make mistakes, but I think the issue is, and I, I, you know, completely have this issue, too, a little bit with her, is, like, okay, that's all fine, but then stop complaining about it. Like, you just got sentenced to 10 years in prison because you Right, and no one else is responsible for it. I think she keeps trying to make Emily responsible. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. check on me. And Emily's like, I have kids in a life of my own, and I didn't make any illegal mistakes. Right, right. And And I have my own life stuff. We're friends. It's supposed to be mutual. And then did you hear the comment on this week's episode when she said to Emily, she's like, you're a lawyer. Why would you want me to do that? And it's like, Okay, but that's not her responsibility. She's not she's your, not your attorney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's not your attorney. She's not your mom. She's not, you know, yes, she's going to be a friend to you and whatever, but you can't, you know, just flip out on her for anything that, you know, you feel like she did to you or something. So I I don't know. I mean, obviously she's not in a great state of mind right now, but yeah, I, I think, think we're seeing that, her spiral a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're totally seeing her spiral. I think that there is way more to the story than anyone knows. If it ever comes out, when it comes out, yeah, I don't this know. Yeah, because this is pre-her but... dating Madigan. I know that timeline-wise, this is before she took him back in the summer and then had like that whole domestic violence thing right. go down. That was, I think, right after filming or like at the end of filming. So this is because we get a little bit of in the mid season trailer, which dropped and it's in my highlights on my Instagram. If anybody has not seen it or it's like too far down on the Bravo TV page or something, um, it's in the OC highlights. The mid season trailer shows her saying that she basically got some dick from her ex-husband. 
Yeah. And yeah. people are like, oh, be careful. And I think that's when we start to see that she took him back for a brief amount of time. Right. Right. And then I think, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then it's also, I mean, whether they address the domestic violence issue or not, which I think is, I don't know, I'm going to say allegedly, possibly been probably going on for longer than maybe she oh, wants to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something is go- was going down verbally, physically, mentally, yeah. financially. Something. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. different ways of abuse. And we see, because the way she keeps bringing it up and she keeps yeah. asking Emily, is that enough? And Emily's like, does something new happen? She's like, mm-hmm. no, it's the same stuff. I think it's new stuff because you yeah. live every day. Every day, but right, she has right. kids, young, small kids with this man. So I'm sure there's communication that's constantly progressing yeah. that is that taking over be. her focus. She doesn't even have furniture in her house. Something is distracting her. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, it's a casita. Oh, it's not. It's it a casita. But like, oh, yeah, it's was... a small house. Wait. Put furniture in the house. It's not hard. We can go to Target, you hear... get a futon, get some chairs. It's not a big deal. It's not hard to furnish a house with a low. Oh pier one. Yeah. They don't have pier ones in Kodo or whatever. <laughs> I don't have pier one anymore here because there used to be one in Santa Monica. No, I think it is still there. But I, I actually well, they need a pier so, one. So. Gina needs it back. If pier one is listening, Gina needs a pier one. Get us some nice <laughs> bamboo a... chairs or something. One of those like bamboo rugs. <laughs> Let's She'll all pitch in fine. and get her a gift card. <laughs> or she can at least like take some of the stuff from. The I did, I have to say, in an effort to not waste, I DM'd Bronwyn and said I appreciated the fact that she was the only person that cared about all the food that was made in that villa that nobody ate. Those three men in that kitchen were working tirelessly. Those poor guys, so they cut to them, them and they were just like, wah, wah. So no one's going to eat our food. We just, they told us to, we've been waiting over, and anybody who cooks, like I cook a lot big spreads for big people. I'm literally about to cook for a whole party tomorrow, Friday, for whomever's listening to this. Not today. And (laughs) I am like, I would be damned if no one touched everything after I was over that for hours. I will literally bar the door. No one's leaving (laughs) until someone puts a fucking fork in their mouth. Everyone's eating this shit today. I... I hear you. I hear you. As we're speaking, I was just um, dry rubbing my brisket for <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Bron was the only one who was like, "Can I take it? Like, is there something I can take with us?" And I was like, "A woman yeah. after my own heart." I was literally like, "What about the food? <laughs> what about the food?" And Dina literally invited everyone to their villa because there was food there, right? And they were starving right. allegedly, and then nobody <laughs> eats. I'm like, and then the baby finally had fight? to bring in and out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, that didn't even make sense. Oh, bring In-N-Out. All that food went to waste. You did not need In-N-Out. And they had good food. You did not need fast food. They had real food that those people made from scratch. Oh, you ungrateful bitches. <laughs> I was so displeased. Well, I do have to, as a Californian, I do have to justify the In-N-Out. I do love myself in In-N-Out. But I do, too. I... My Nana lives in Vegas. I've gone out oh, to visit yeah. her every year. For so, you know. over two decades now. And I love In N Out. It is delicious. But if the food is already on the table, <laughs> we may as well eat the food on the table. Like, totally. Totally. Eat the food. Yeah. And I appreciate Brown being like, listen, this night's gone to shit. Can I take some food to go? <laughs> <laughs> 
I really this appreciated night's gone that. To shit. As everyone, you know, waited in the balance to see whether or not Shannon had a concussion. And I have to say, before we even get into the large question of whose side are we on and whether or not Shannon was hit that hard, I will say, everyone, calm the fuck down. It is not like Kelly hit her on the head with a mallet without the bowl. She didn't hit her in the head with a mallet. She hit the bowl with a mallet that was on her head. At right. most, she felt the vibrations. Anyone who took physics will know how this works. <laughs> it is not I mean, I that possible. Agree. The I energy agree. transfers, but it does not give you the exact same force. Yeah, I would. I mean, those bulls are heavy. I will say it probably did hurt. It probably rang in her ears. But it did I hurt. Know. I feel like she was like, that last one did not feel peaceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if she needed, you know, like, I mean, I guess always be safe. I'm sorry, but I don't know if I would have needed a cat. Yeah, because she's a hypochondriac. Like, you did not need well, to yeah, get that's a multi-thousand-dollar cat scan for a second-hand head hit. It was not a first-hand head <laughs> hit. <laughs> when she was getting that MRI or CT, whatever she was, you know what came to mind was when they were going over Brooke's cancer records, and she was like, "This is a cat scan from Newport Imaging," and I was like, "Oh my!" I was just having PTSD. From, oh my god and you know what in. you bring a really good point up because I had questions and I wrote down in my notes why didn't we at least hear the doctor say you might have a concussion the way we heard the nurse allegedly say do you want to press charges because we didn't see her face I, I imagine because she didn't want to be on camera but why didn't we hear the doctor right. say because Shannon goes did he say concussion and Tim was like mm-hmm yep he said it because so, I didn't hear right. that. Mm-hmm. Yep, he said it. You don't remember? You know, he said concussion. And she was like, oh, I, I didn't hear that. He said concussion. And she's asking the producers or whatever. And Tamara's like, yep, mm-hmm. he said it. I heard it. And I'm like, oh, I'm we guessing. It? I'm guessing that it was like a HIPAA thing. It was that they probably weren't allowed to, because technically when the doctor is discussing your medical records, you know, I'm guessing it was like it would have been a HIPAA violation so that they probably weren't allowed to film whilst the doctor was actually talking. And that's so weird to me because I have seen so many housewives get ultrasounds. I can't even count. Yeah, that's true. I've seen I don't many know, OBGYNs probe women <laughs> in their hoo-hahs and find babies <laughs> on screen. <laughs> and be true, like, yep, there true. he is, right there. See him loud and clear. Maybe He's they... right there. Maybe the doctor was having like a bad hair day and he was like, listen, I do not want to be on camera. I can't. <laughs> but again, the not going to be good. The nurse we heard, yeah, but true. didn't see. So Maybe I'm she like, didn't I don't want to sign a release either. Maybe or at least like, like we didn't even see Shannon get wheeled off to imaging. Maybe right, not see her right. go in the MRI, but we didn't even see that. Like we saw nothing. And Bravo's been in a hospital before. So <laughs> we could have gotten something. Even like Tamara's camera phone. Like, We've seen housewife camera camera phone images and video all the time. So I'm just feeling this is a little far-fetched. And I will say, I myself have not had a concussion. I have multiple friends currently in medical school. And the first thing I did was hit them up like, I need to know how you would handle this shit. How do you handle a concussion when you have one? I hit up multiple (laughs) athletes who have had concussions. What do you do when you have a concussion? They were like, well, you don't drink. I'm like, do you drink? No, don't, oh, don't yeah. do that. I love that, of course, Kelly had to get on that. She's like, I called whatever the fuck his name is, the plastic surgeon, and you do not drink. And I was like, well. You don't, really, you shouldn't. Not to mention, also, I know a big thing about concussions is you're supposed to sit in the dark. 
And right. yeah, the, just sleep, like just rest. And they were up until four forty-five in the morning, four thirty in the morning. Yeah, that all night long was after not great. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You're supposed to like literally go in your bed and sleep for like days in the dark. Eat, do everything in the dark. She's in the light. She's filming. If she was truly in a place of danger, I feel like Bravo would have done something. They would have been like, we couldn't True. film Shannon anymore. Yeah. Tamara and Vicky could have just filmed and been like, so where's Shannon? Well, you know, she has, she got a concussion, so she's in that bad. Like, they didn't even try to make this story believable. <laughs> like, I could have wrote the script better. Put Shannon totally, in the bathroom. Totally. We'd never know. At least Put be... Shannon in the bathroom. Right. Like, who, who didn't WebMD concussion? And figure out what you're supposed to do when you have a concussion so that she can at least abide by those rules. Like, she did yeah. nothing. She ate in and out greasy fried she food and, and, and drank. And they stayed up until 5 a.m. This is not concussion behavior. So this I say that to say, I, I feel it. like everyone knows where my, who side I'm on. I do not agree with Kelly's behavior, but I do agree with Kelly that Shannon is full of shit. Like this is this particular moment, Shannon is full of shit. And we've seen this before. Shannon does get full of shit yeah. when, it, when she's fighting with someone. She did it with Tamara, what, two seasons ago, last season? Mm-hmm. Something to that effect of her and Tamara were not doing well. And Tamara was like, before you even go any further, you are not going to put this shit on me. And then she basically ran off and was going into a tizzy of, everyone's blaming it on me and I need to go home and I don't like it. She does that. She right. gets really she does. She overwhelmed. Does. And when she's in a fight with someone, she has to like basically go against the grain of, I either have to commit to this story and double down or once it all like crumbles, I can't even admit when I'm wrong. And that's pretty much what's happening here. Right, right. And I, and I, yeah, I not, I'm not saying I uh, condone that, but I do, that definitely is a pattern with Shannon. And the other thing that I think, and listen, I don't know if this is the case, but I can surmise that it may be just from what we know of fucking David Bedore, um, that, you know, if she was in a relationship with someone for so long where she had to, in a way, act out or make a big scene to get attention like that's probably her habit you know because also i just you just made a good point maybe she was triggered like the 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 unsettledness of yeah the the tap on the head it might have been a little triggering for her and took her from a place of vulnerable and and peace and having the sound bowl thing worked on her and then it disrupted it a little bit and made her feel a little, because she was sensitive and vulnerable in that moment. And I was just thinking about anybody who meditates or does yoga or is even in maybe like a REM sleeper going to sleep. When you're abruptly interrupted, it can feel not necessarily painful, but it just feels very, very disruptive. It can kind right, of right. shake you and rattle you to where you feel like you might be in pain, like you wake up wrong, basically. And right. maybe that happened. So, again, I don't condone Kelly's behavior. I just think that Shannon was disrupted and then Tamara took it to the extreme. And then Vicky is just a pain in my side that will not go away. This is the thing. I will, as much as I, I, I've always said that I have a love-hate relationship with Vicky because she, in some ways, reminds me of, like, you know, your annoying drunk uncle at Thanksgiving. Like, you just know <laughs> that she's going to be a a hot mess. You just know that going in. 
but it's like the one Thanksgiving that that drunk uncle is not there. It just doesn't quite feel like Thanksgiving, if that makes sense. So yes, I also I, understand that. I kind of appreciate Vicky and this friend of role because I feel like we almost just get like the best of. Like we don't have to talk about Steve. We which I, I don't want I know. To. I know that's coming up because she's getting engaged and blah, blah, blah. Oh, like, we don't have to, like, talk about any of her, you know, whatever, the fuck Koto insurance. But I will say the scene in this week's episode with Vicky and Shannon um, and Tamara just acting like total assholes. And this, this, okay, this is where it comes down to for me. When they kept, <laughs> when Tamara told Vicky to go to her room and stay there. And she was in her pajama bottoms and her bra in all her glory and her expression on her face as the camera kept cutting to her. I'm sorry. I fucking loved it. I was like, that's Vicky. <laughs> like, I just need that in my life because to me, she just, that's quintessential Vicky. And these are the things that I love about her when she's not being a, a psychopath. Like, I love that she just comes out in her bra with her pants on. She probably honestly didn't even have pants on. And the camera guys were like, Vicky, you need need pants pants on. on. Like, you know that happened. So that is the one thing that I feel like I need. And listen, maybe it's probably has something to do with my core trauma. But because she was there since day one, I just, even if it's just one scene, I just kind of need her there. Like, almost like a security blanket. Like, I just need her okay, in the Okay, so she can come to the parties. She can come to the, she can come to the parties. She can, you know, parade around drunk and naked. Like, just the, just the stuff that we like about Vicky. She, can, yes, she needs to go to Mexico. Stuff. She needs to whoop it up. She needs to go to Andalus. Yes, we li- I don't mind a whoop it up Vicky. I don't like yeah, I don't, this I love a vindictive Vicky. Vicky. I like whoop it up, dance on a bar. Exactly. Yes. Any, I think that is so... I like to see older women living their authentic best lives that makes me very happy so I love to see a 50 something plus year old on a table dancing it lets me know that I can have fun for the rest of my life (laughs) and 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 Shannon made a good point this week too she was like she said to Tamara she's like okay Vicky isn't here but she's like who do we always fucking have the best time with Vicky fucking Gunvalson yeah, like, they do have a good true. time. She knows how to have a good time. Like, even back I to first agree. season when she took Brianna and her friends to Mexico, and she was like, friend with Brianna! Like, <laughs> and I like it. I think it's fun that she's an older woman that is able to have that fun of a time. Yes. She loosens everybody mm-hmm. else up. And I think that is what I also makes me love so much about New York is because those women are like that. They're similarly in age over 40, 50, and they have a good-ass time. So it's fun right. to watch them loosen up because it loosens everybody else up. It makes you feel like, why am I uptight when this 50-plus-year-old right. woman is having the time of her life and I'm over here like, oh, my gosh. So I like that. I will say that actually leads me to a really good transition on why some of the younger franchises don't have that. Mm-hmm. Be- and they when they don't have that component, it tends to make it seem a little bit more stressful for everyone involved. They can't just have fun. They start fighting as soon as they get in the door. Pretty much like what we saw with Dallas, not to abruptly transition. I'm just thinking about the fact that there is not, they're lacking a older, older presence that is able to let loose and have fun and kind of say, this is bullshit. I don't want to fight about this anymore. Let's drink tequila. So that was 
me and Jess talking all things Real Housewives of Orange County. If you want to get into our thoughts and all the things that I had to say about Real Housewives of Dallas, just to make sure that this episode wasn't like five hours long, we did a crossover and I went on her show and talked Dallas and she came on my show and talked OC. I will include a little snippet of just like an excerpt of what we talked about about Dallas Um, and I will also be linking her podcast episode in my link tree on my Instagram bio at Mixing with Moni and um, adding it to my stories on Instagram. But um, head on over to The Real Housewife of the West Side with me to get a nice little episode if you haven't gotten enough of me already um, to hear all my thoughts about Dallas. And I had many. I liked Dallas way more than OC, um, at least this season. And that's just me. But if you want to hear about that, head on over there to the Real Housewife of the West Side podcast and hopefully meet you there. I have, I've always thought that Cameron and Leanne's relationship only survives because Leanne wants desperately to be something mm-hmm. that she can't afford, right. literally afford. I think that was the survival of her and Deandre's relationship pre the show. Oh, totally. I think that once Deandre got on there and people were more interested in the rich and fun, interesting girl who can let loose versus the fun and interesting girl. When Leanne was the only one that was fun and interesting, she was a hot commodity. When Deandre got on there, who wanted to loosen up and had money, that is what housewives are made of. So she yep. attached to Cameron and she is something that Cameron is not the same as Leanne. It's always weird to me that Cameron even puts up with 90% of Leanne's tactics, but always comes after Brandy for hers. doesn't make sense to me. They're literally the same energy. 85% of the time, Leanne is just worse the other 15%. But Carrie Brittingham, I think Leanne was annoyed with her because Carrie is what Leanne wanted to be. Rich and herself. And not a threat. And to her, that is a threat. Even though Carrie is like, I don't care about anyone else. Leanne projects that vibe. I don't give a fuck. I can do what I want. I say whatever I want. I have no filter. Carrie is that. She is a thousand percent just that energy. And I think that that's everything that Leanne wanted to be on the show, at least, and to project. And But it's weird because she bounces back and forth. Half the time, she wants us to believe that she's this high society charity girl who may not have money, but she has all these connections and she hobnobs mm-hmm. and she's moving through the circles. And then we see her begging for money and dresses and clothes and stuff and getting everybody basically on camera to donate oh their God, heart. That's so cringy. It's so cringy. Also, oh I don't God. believe in that. It's, it's my personal preference. I believe in maybe a friendly discount, but I would never ask for one just because I feel like you should support your friends. Yes, it is a lot that you're putting your friend on TV, but... That is a dress that she is now going to have to put all this work and effort into, and she's not going to get paid for it from you, even if Bravo does pay her. You're asking for a freebie from this person who could be making money on other dresses, and she's going to be working tirelessly, obviously, for yours. And I think that's a little unfair. But then I'm like, Leanne, which side is it? You're paying for this party planner who's expensive, and she, 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 Kevin Lee, Beverly Hills type wannabe, but then you're poor. I don't get it. Well, I don't think she paid for the, I don't think she paid for him. I don't think she paid for anything, but then at the same time, Carrie Brittenham did, um, 
shade her. I don't know if you read this, but she shaded her, I think, in People. I don't remember the magazine publication. I will. Someone will correct me. Oh, about but, her wedding, right? Yes, and it cost a lot of money. So I'm just like, if you got all these freebies, <laughs> what did you spend money on? And she basically was like, it was like a two thousand dollar wedding, which makes sense because right, if everybody right. gave you something free, they're not going to give you their best. Well, yeah, exactly. And also, I feel like yeah, I definitely got like heavy Star Jones vibes from Leanne for for her <laughs> wedding, and and you know how hard everyone came down on her after her wedding. I mean. So I think that, yeah, she really did dig herself a hole in that. Um, yeah, the the wedding was, and I, I agree with, with what Carrie said. It's like, I don't know. I think it just gives a, it definitely comes across. And listen, I think also this could have been why Carrie Duber and Leanne used to kind of uh, rub each other the wrong way too, is that when you're trying so hard to be something that you're not. And, you know, I talk about this all the time with the Beverly Hills girls, not all of them, but some of them. Um, It comes across, it totally comes across that way. And, you know, I I think that care, I, I, you pronounce her last name so well, and I fuck it up. Is it Brittingham? Yes, Brittingham. Brittingham. I always want to say bringing him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, I love syllables. I think it's because I'm an, I was an English major. So I, I literally had to take classes on how letters sound, yes. why they sound the way they sound. Well, syllables. But so I, yeah, I'm minoring in English in college too. What's so frustrating to me is that my husband's Persian. And so he, I'm always correcting him on certain, I mean, he's lived here for 30 years, but there's still certain things that like, like he'll say McDonald's, like how British people say McDonald's. I and love I'm like, that. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's Mick. And I want to be fancy other... enough to call it McDonald's. <laughs> there's other things that he says that I'm like, no, 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 it's this, this, this. So I, when it, when I pronounce something incorrectly, I feel like it's like the worst thing ever. Anyway, I feel like Carrie, I'm just going to call her Carrie B, okay? Um, <laughs> I feel like Carrie B is the type of person that, you know, probably goes to Whole Foods in sweatpants and flip-flops. because Yes, in Highland that, Park. And if anybody's been to Highland Park, they're going to be like, that is so frowned upon, and that's why we love her. But that's what, you know, I always talk about this living here, too, at the Whole Foods in Beverly Hills. Like, the people well, that sure. have the most money look homeless. They really do. Yeah. They go to Whole Foods in their sweatpants and their fucking Javianas with, like, a baseball hat and then they, you know, She's a regular girl, get but I think the, the different, right. The difference is that like Dallas, it's not even just about the money. It's the conservative environment right. of, and the Southerness of it, of a lady has to still present, you know, you represent your family, your name, your home, blah, 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 blah. With all the stuff like Cameron was so afraid to let anyone see her on the show last or two seasons ago because she did not, want to misrepresent her her husband's family and now Mm -hmm. i actually like cameron more because she's opening up and she seems to be having a little bit more fun her discussion about the prenup had me rolling her talking about her father (laughs) being a polo player i thought was really interesting her peeing behind like a abandoned trailer oh my god we first met that was scared of the brown no 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 no. (laughs) that's still one of my favorite chocolate yeah, the, the, she's like, you do not chase someone down the beach with that dildo. Like, I, <laughs> that's still one of my Dallas favorite quotes of all time. It Dallas really is, is literally.
All right. So, guys, if you really want to get into the rest of the conversation that I had with Jess about Housewives of Dallas, it is good. We deep dive into both Carrie's C and K. We deep dive <laughs> into Leanne's uh, weaponizing of you know, her trauma in order to shut down conversations. We talk Stephanie, we talk Leanne. We literally go down the list and talk about everything Dallas from start to finish. And it is very good. I am so totally enjoying Dallas. So it was so much fun talking to you, Jess, about it. And I could not be more grateful for you to come on a second time onto my show and talk about the women that we don't know, but we love. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, Dallas was, we were just saying on my show, because we're recording this the same day, uh, that it is kind of ironic that we ended up talking about Dallas on my show and OC on your show. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because I could not want to talk about anything less than OC, and I could not want to talk about anything more than Dallas, but that's my karma. I think it's (laughs) because I blocked Tamara before she could block me. Amazing, amazing. I love (laughs) it. I love it. I'm going to go, do I even still follow Tamara? I I I hope not. I don't remember. She's not worth it. I think I might for, I don't know what reason, but. uh, (laughs) Research reasons. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Research. Purely research. Purely research. Exactly. For the podcast and everything. Which, by the way, let everyone know where they can find you, subscribe, social media, all of that. Where they can get more jazz. Because I'm sure they're obsessed by now. Oh, well, thank you. Or they just, according to some, I think they're personally Scientologists on my iTunes reviews giving me bad reviews because whenever I talk about Scientology, they like come at me. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's just my like conspiracy theory. Um, cause I talk shit about Scientology all the time, but anyway, not all the time. Sometimes anyways, yes, uh, definitely come. <laughs> it's worth it. Right. Uh, definitely come over to the real housewife of the West side podcast to hear the rest of our conversation about Dallas. Yes. And yes, I am on all of the same platforms that Monty is on and, my Instagram, I keep trying to change the name because the name of my podcast is really long. Uh, but I think it is at The Real Housewife House of, of West the West Side. Yes, of West Side. I took out the second The. So, Guys, yes. I will tag it. <laughs> yeah, make just, sure you get it right. Just look on I don't Instagram. want you to get annoyed when you can't type it's it in fine. because I know the, the thumbs are fat and the letters are tiny. So I will tag it so you guys can go and find Jess as well. And if as soon as you start typing Real Housewife, she comes up in Apple. I checked. So amazing. Yes. And it's it's Real Housewife with an F, not Housewives. Because I did get some people saying it's not on iTunes. And I was like, are you sure? And they were like, oh, I typed (laughs) in Real Housewives of West Side. Like, no, I'm just one person. Right. Exactly. Just one. So thank you so much. And I really hope to do this again soon, especially if I can convince her to watch Potomac, y'all. Oh, I know, I know. I, I it's it's on my list. It's on my list. So I could, I know, I know. I'm probably gonna do it sooner than eventually. I will do it. It's just, okay. it's I know it's Bravo overload, honestly. <laughs> but it could not be more fun. So I can't wait to talk to you more about it later. And I hope you have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right, guys, thanks again so much for listening. Like I said, I am over on the Real Housewife of the West Side podcast with Jess. Feel free to check her out on all podcast platforms and Instagram. I am also on Hot and Bravoed this week with Eddie Estrada, whom I love. And we get into the trailers that dropped this week, um, New Jersey 
and Atlanta that both literally gave me life. And all the top five things overall that went on in Bravo land, things that are going on with Candy, things that are going on with Erica Jane. Um, we have some talks about Kim Zolciak and that interesting train wreck of a family and lots, lots more. You can also check me out over there at the Hot and Bravo podcast on all platforms and on Instagram as well. Talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Mixing with Moni. If you'd like to connect with me more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. That's where you can find a bunch of Bravo and pop culture related content, news, and of course, some shady fun memes. Also, my DMs, feel free to come talk to me about anything you want, TV, Bravo, or even your one-star feelings and opinions about the podcast. Otherwise, definitely rate, review, and subscribe. I can't wait to connect with you guys more, and I'll talk to you next week.